Steelers, start your engines! Welcome to the one place everybody wants to be. Victory Lane, your source for news, analysis, discussion, interviews, and more from the world of NASCAR. Now, here's your host, Davey Siegel. Welcome back, party people, to the place everybody wants to be. You know it. You love it. It is the one, the only Victory Lane. This week on the show, that Jones boy, he gets her done in Darlington. A preview of the Brickyard 400 in Indianapolis. And Brandon Jones joins the show, a pretty cool guy who competes full-time in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. As we get each episode started here on Victory Lane, now that Darrell Waltrip has retired from the broadcast booth in Fox Sports, give me that old reggaeton! I love it. Let's talk about the Bojangles Southern 500 from Darlington Raceway. Like I mentioned, that Jones boy wins it at 2 o'clock in the morning. I uh, unfortunately did not stay up to watch the full race. I fell asleep like midway through stage two, and then I woke up after stage two, and then I was just like, ah, I'm just going to get in bed and see who woke, see who won in the morning. It was so damn late. It started at like 10 p.m. Uh, because of rain, obviously, and then the race ended up uh, finishing around like 2, 2.15 in the morning. So I, I couldn't do it. I guess that means I'm an old man. Who knows? Um, but this is a second career win, and this one is a crown jewel victory. Not too bad to say that your two wins, your first two wins at that, came at Daytona and Darlington. Not bad at all. Why so much success here for Eric Jones? In the previous two to three trips, he's had a lot of success here, running in the top five, finishing in the top ten. And somebody in the media center asked him, what is the reason for your success driving style-wise at this Lady in Black, this track too tough to tame? He said, well, it's kind of relatable to some other tracks. I think more of it's just the tracks I grew up racing are real similar to this place. I relate this place a lot to a place called Winchester up in Indiana and a place called Berlin up in Michigan and, and two different tracks in a lot of ways. But Berlin was really tough on tires and Winchester, I ran a real similar line there actually to what I run here. Um, you know, most of the time I run a real low line around here, which is a little off, I guess, for most. But, you know, it works pretty good for uh, for myself and kind of learned that at Winchester race and late models. And this is the one track where I feel like my short track stuff really transfers over. And as far as saving tires and managing your stuff and, uh, that's what makes it fun. You know, I've always been a fan of Darlington and I think my, maybe my age helped with uh, the fact we finished at 2 AM <laughs> more than anything, you know, um, this is about the time I'm, you know, waking up. I, I feel good right now. So, um, no, it's awesome, man. I mean, the Southern 500 is one that real high on my bucket list of races to win in my career. And, it sure feels good to get one this early. And guys, there has been so much talk, so much skepticism, so much, I guess you can say, fake news surrounding this guy. Does this win take some pressure off of him? And as I'm recording this today, about an hour ago, he just signed a one-year extension with Joe Gibbs Racing. So before this win, the contract was pretty much done. But does this win kind of take some of that pressure off and have the outside noise stop a little bit? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. We want to win more, right? And, uh, you know, there's races throughout the year I thought we could have won. We probably could have won at Bristol last week or two weeks ago. And I uh, I made a mistake there, but uh, I guess we made it up for it all right tonight. Um, you know, it's just a tough series, right? You know, we're in, the, we're in the most challenging motorsports there are in the USA. And 
racing these guys every week is not an easy feat. And, and Kyle and my teammates are some of the best guys in the sport, not only Kyle, but Denny, uh, Martin, they're tough to beat. And, and they have the same stuff I have and, you know, vice versa. I have the same stuff they have, but they have a, a wealth of experience on me. So I'm, you know, trying to do everything I can and apply everything I've learned in three years. And it took every ounce tonight, right? I mean, I was pedaling hard at the end, doing what I could, trying to trying to uh, get a gap and, and keep them behind me. So it, uh, it was fun. I, I felt really calm, honestly, the majority of the race and especially the last 80 laps. I felt like I was really in control and really knew what I was doing. And, and you know, there's a couple points on the backstretch. It's like, you know, I can't we win it. And there's no reason we can't. So just close it out and do it. This one is a telling soundbite here, and I want I want you to hear it. Basically, he says that in every series that he's been in up until now, whether it's the truck series with KBM, Xfinity with JGR, or even you know in the lower series running late models, he's been in the best stuff, and he's never really had to work that hard for race victories and championships. But now these past two to three years, he has been working his tail off, competing with three, you could argue three of the top ten drivers. I think nobody's really going to argue that. In the series, in Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, and Kyle Busch. So now that he's been working that hard and the results are showing, it makes it that much sweeter. Well, yeah, I mean, it's frustrating in a way, right? You know, you come up, my situation, I was really fortunate to race with really good teams and have really good cars all the way from when I was 16 until I was 20 years old and got in the Cup Series and won a lot of races in, in a short amount of time. And it's not bragging by any means. It's just, you know, yeah, I was really fortunate. I had good stuff. And you get to the cup series and you think you're uh you're superman it's going to be really easy and you know i never necessarily put the work in growing up through the ranks and just kind of did it and took advantage of the good cars and uh you know you get to this level and it's it's not like that it's really challenging and it's it's definitely the biggest challenge i've had you know probably in my life i mean you know getting to this level and trying to to get to the the same level that martin and 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 denny and kyle are at is not easy and it takes a lot of time. You know, you want to expedite that process, but sometimes there's there's no other lesson than the hard, uh, you know, the hard knocks. And uh, you have them along the way. And, you know, I feel like tonight, that last 80 laps was a synopsis of three years, right? Everything I'd learned in three years was used in that last 80 laps as far as the arrow and, and trying to run lanes and hold them up and watching where they're going and being patient, knowing when to go hard. I mean, just so many things you're thinking about and processing. It's it's interesting to look back for me. The last 80 laps are kind of blurry. I can't remember a lot of it just because you're focused, you're doing, right? You're, you're doing what you're trained to do. I've been trained since I was seven years old to drive a race car left. And when you're that locked in, sometimes things just happen. And that's how I felt. Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Brad Kozlowski, Clint Boyer, Kurt Busch, Matt DiBenedetto, Paul Menard, and Austin Dillon completed the top 10 finishers when the checkered flag flew at 2, 2 to 15 a.m. It was ridiculous. Uh, I want to also touch on the playoff battle. We'll get to that when we talk Indianapolis, but Daniel Suarez and Ryan Newman, they got into a little dust-up at the end of the race, and Ryan Newman ended up vowing revenge uh, because he he asked on the radio, hey, did Suarez touch me or did he just get the air off of me? And they said, well, there was a little bit of contact. He said, okay, he has one coming. So I'm going to be looking closely at the 6 and the 41 this weekend in Indianapolis to see if there's any revenge served by Ryan Newman. Interview time. Let's talk to Joe Gibbs Racing Xfinity Series regular Brandon Jones. Topics that we touched on, it's pretty much a wide-ranging interview, as are most of mine. Uh, Growing up in the Atlanta area, what the racing scene was like there. How about this name of as a blast from the past? 
Kale Gale. Remember when he won that truck race at Homestead, beating out Kyle Busch a few years back? He had a big influence from him growing up. Uh, he is an ultimate outdoors guy. We talked about hunting and fishing, visiting an Air Force base earlier this year, enjoying his best season of his career, by the way, statistically. What's it like driving for Joe Gibbs Racing compared to RCR and Kyle Busch as he competes for him on a part-time basis in the truck series? And also, I had to ask the question because whenever you talk about Brandon Jones, there's always a lot of noise uh, surrounding you know, his performance in a Joe Gibbs Racing car and the expectations that are put forth to him. But I'm curious as to his expectations for himself because it's one thing to hear the outside noise. It's another thing to perform and let that outside noise affect your performance. But it's, it's one thing to put all that to the side and do you. And I think Brandon Jones has done a really good job of that this year. Obviously, they have some room for improvement, but statistically, they're pretty damn good. So here is Brandon Jones. Hope you guys enjoy my convo. With Brandon Jones here, driver of the 19 for Joe Gibbs Racing. We're talking about New Hampshire and the heat. Uh, tomorrow's going to be 100 degrees, and you're wearing a black fire suit. Good luck, my friend. <laughs> First foundation. We, we, like the, uh, we like the black over here. It looks mean, man. It looks great in the track, yeah. but... Definitely not the ideal color for for hot temperatures. No, but you, you grew up in Atlanta, right? I did. Um, actually, I was I was born closer to Snellville, Stone Mountain, and that that area. Um, later, kind of moved close to the city. So um, that was that was my home area. We ran uh, Gresham, Lanier. Those were the two tracks yeah. growing up. I ran up. Yeah, I was gonna say Lanier. From research I did, seemed like one of the big tracks that you raced at. I'm sure it was hot down there too. Oh in the summer. man, we've had uh, we've had some races where we were in the Super Truck Series. That's what I started racing yeah. uh, when I was 13. That uh, they were brutal, and we didn't have you know anything close to the air conditions or units that we have in our NASCARs here. So um, it was just little fans. But of course, you know you're running 30 lap heats here and there, so it wasn't as, as bad as this. Yeah, that's true. Um, I read that Kale Gale was very instrumental in your career for a multitude of different. Re- He's a fellow Reamer as well. Uh, tell me about him. What was so instrumental about him in your career? Yeah, that was uh, that was who who got me in it, man. I uh, I got to know him at an early age. Um, he actually introduced um, us to his father that was, uh, you know, short track legend um, and still is. And, and uh, he was actually training Spencer Davis at the time. Had no idea who Spencer Davis was. <laughs> uh, later, obviously, we started racing with him some. And uh, you see him now some in the truck series here and there. And so uh, that's K&N, over there. K&N too. So that's pretty cool uh, for, for both of us to be where we're at now. Um, but that was who, who got us going, and, and we'd go out there after school just about every Wednesday, and he'd be in a pickup truck, and we'd be in the race truck. He'd have a radio on, and he was coaching us the entire time and really? trying to put us in race situations. Like, he would get the truck kind of close to us and see how he reacted, and then he'd get behind us to try to pressure us That's a little bit. Fun. So it was, uh, it was a trip, man. You know, There's no school to go to and try to learn how to oval track race, so that was kind of his way to teach. It sounds like an old-school way of teaching. It was, it was old school, but I think it taught us a lot. Yeah, it works, right? Um, so you're a big outdoors guy, hunting, fishing. You own a boat too, right? Did I read that? I, I don't own one, man. And I, I, I'm dying to. My, my dad has oh, an offshore boat. One. So uh, we, we take advantage of that as much as we can down in Fort Lauderdale. But um, I, I love that stuff, man. I, I love getting out outdoors. Um, I've recently got into the offshore fishing, which is a lot different than obviously lake fishing. So um, playing with that some. Um, it's, t- it's tough to get time in the off season to, to try to deer hunt a little bit, but we try as much as we can. I've never been hunting or fishing. If you don't have patience, it's, it's not the thing for you. <laughs> I've, I'm somewhere in the middle, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like I, w- I want to do it because it's one of those things where you got to do it at least once to see how you like it. 
I'm a big gear junkie too. Like I enjoy buying all the dumb little things that probably don't work at all. Right. But I, you know, I, I try to I try to see if I can uh, talk to the deer a little bit with some of that stuff. <laughs> and I get into the corn. I get some into feeding call them. You crazy, but that's yeah, exactly, right. exactly. But I, I get into feeding them. I try to you know manage a little bit here and there. So it's fun. Do you hunt in any place in particular, or just wherever you can? Uh, I'm actually fortunate enough to have a uh, a lady that was friends of our neighbors there that that was been letting me hunt her 30 acre plot uh, actually for, for no charge, just to kind of help her pick wow. it up and stuff. So I'm pretty fortunate there. You got to get with Dale Jr. and Truex because they got Man. Dirty Mo Acre. That that would be pretty cool. Now that's that's real hunting there. We're we're <laughs> we're looking at eight points. They're looking at you know massive bucks there. Yeah, so true that. Um, let's talk about a couple weeks back at Daytona National Speedway. You had a really cool tribute to the 39th Brigade on your car that your cousin was actually in. Is that right? Yeah, that was uh, that was something else, man. I I uh, I was gonna make it a surprise for him when I first found out. And I said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let him know. And uh, he was like, man, I got to come. I got to come. I'm glad you told me. So he was down at the race. He was in his uniform for the, for the race. And uh, he's been to a truck race before, but never actually seen how the entire weekend goes for us. Um, so it was pretty cool to, to have him there. Yeah, I'm sure. On, and honoring the military on the July 4th weekend like that, that, that must have been really cool. To have your family member there, too, that puts it over the top. Yeah, for sure. We got him on a, an, an NBC radio or a TV interview, yeah. too. And, and uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, he, he got a really good shout out for all his guys there um wish we could have had more of them come uh from that unit um but it but it was great to have the, the family there and i think you visited an air force base earlier in the year in phoenix too how was that yeah we've man i've been to a lot of bases over the years um randy's helped me a bunch with that our, our pr rep trying to trying to get into some, some more bases One that of we've the best been to. Biz. that's right <laughs> so, there he is uh it's been it's been fun man i've been to like like you said we went to phoenix earlier i've been to uh nellis and, and vegas and we've been out, out in california and kind of all over the all over the united states it's pretty cool when you look back on it you're just like well you know i'm a race car driver but i also <laughs> get to do all these really cool things oh it's, man they're I'm sure they're, you pinch yourself sometimes yeah they're uh their lifestyle i i you know i try to use racing as much as i can to, to get closer to those guys um i i always tell everyone that I, you know that's active duty or or you know retired that um racing is so much like the military you know you can you can really make it similar if you wanted to in the sense of you know, we've, we've all got, you know, one goal, we're all on communications, we're all, um, you know, make it using teamwork to get to the end goal. And um, I feel like that's, you know, very similar to what those guys are doing. Speaking of the end goal for you, that's to get in victory lane, of course. And you've yeah. already you've already kind of had a career year, honestly, in the Xfinity Series. you got more top fives this season than you've had in any other season in the past in your career. What's been the difference so far this year? We're a little past halfway in the year. What's been the difference so far that makes everything click so much better? I feel like it's the confidence in these cars. Um, this is, you know, my fourth year, I want to say, now running an Xfinity. So I'm really used to how the cars are running. Um, last year was obviously the first time we go to the low-down force package. So kind of still getting used to that a little bit. Uh, these mile-and-a-halves are kind of finicky with the, with the small spoiler. Um, really easy to get guys loose and, and spin out by yourself. So um, you got to be on the edge, though, to go fast. And I think that with the confidence, we're able to get the car closer to on the edge. And I was looking at the, the results for you this year. You started out with back-to-back -back top fives, then you finished 28th. Then you had back-to-back -back top tens, then you finished 33rd. It, it seemed like it's one of those things where the one thing missing from your guys' team so far has been that consistency factor. Do you kind of feel the same way? Yeah, I, I feel like it's nothing that uh, we're doing wrong. Um, you know, we've had flat tires. We've gotten wrecked a few times and a few blown motors. So um, it's, it's not like I'm going out there and, and destroying the car and having inconsistent finishes that way. Um, it's it's been we're in the top five, top ten every single time this stuff's been happening to us. So 
um, we just we just got to keep going, man. I, I feel like um, a really big eye opener was Kentucky for us. Um, you know, in the truck race, I, I was leading that and, and got taken out. And then uh, the Xfinity race, you were leading that race, and we had a motor go. So um, I, I felt like that was a chance to have a first sweep for me. Uh, that would have been a big weekend. But um, the performance is there. We just got to, like you said, clean the consistency up some. And in that truck race, you were driving for a guy who was pretty damn good, Kyle <laughs> Busch. Uh, what, what have you been able to learn from him driving his trucks every now and then? And obviously being in the Toyota family, he comes and runs a handful of Xfinity races as well as your teammate. What have you been able to learn from him? Yeah, I think Kyle's so good because he takes really good notes. Um, he, you know, he comes back after the weekend and writes everything down that happened. Um, so that way when he comes back, he knows exactly, you know, way the track trended, what kind of happened during the race, um, stuff like that. So that's what I've been kind of picking up from him that, um, you know, you really need to make sure that you're, if you can't retain the information, you need to take good notes, try to write all this stuff down. And uh, it's tough. There's a lot of stuff, but um, that, that's the biggest takeaway. And your teammate here full-time is Christopher Bell in the 20. And everybody's talking about him, possibly going to the Cup Series. But he's focused on the here and the now, which is the Xfinity Series. And you're his teammate full-time, and you're in the shop with him day in, day out. What's your guys' relationship like and your relationship as a whole with your teammates here at JGR? Yeah, we all talk at the at the track and at the shop a little bit, you know, trying to get ideas off of each other mm -hmm. some. But he's an animal on the track, man. He's so good. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't know what his, what his secret is. He's, uh, he's tough to get some information out of him. Um, he, can't uh, give away all the secrets. That's right. Can't give away yeah. the secrets. Um, but he, he's fast again here today. So, um, man, I don't know. We're all in the same equipment. You know, we're all driving for the same team. So, um, he's just got a feel he likes, and he, he knows how to get there. So the summer stretch here in the Xfinity Series has a lot of different road courses. Do you like that kind of difference in the schedule, I guess? The Cup Series doesn't really have anything like it, neither does the Truck or K&N Series. Do you like a little switch up going to road courses, turning left and right? It's kind of cool, you know. I'm not a I'm not a big road racer, That's but all I asked, because I didn't know you felt. <laughs> I uh, I I really have to do a lot of extra stuff before we get to road races. Um, I got a shifter car a few years ago, so I I've been trying to run the shifter some. Um, we're gonna do the Trans Am series a little bit more, like I did last year with uh, Mike Cope there. So more 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 track time there. I've also got the Canaan race um, at Watkins Glen, so we're mm -hmm. we're piling in extra curricular That's a stuff. That's DGR, right? Uh, that's no, that's gonna be with McAnally. McAnally, Bill McAnally. So, um. That, I think that'll be good, man. Those are you know really really good cars. I know where they came from, so um, heck, hopefully that'll teach me something before we get uh, on the big car. Can you do anything differently leading up to those road course races? Obviously, nowadays people are always in the sim on i racing. Do you take advantage of that type of things that are at your disposal to lead up to those road course races? Because like you said, you, that's not your background, but you're getting better and better as you get more experience. Yeah, any of that stuff helps. We we've got a heck of a simulator at Toyota right now that we use before we get to any track that we come to. So um, I, I wear that out pretty good. You know, we we normally get uh, about an hour, two hours on that every week before we get to the track. So um, all that stuff uh, helps big time. So you've driven for RCR, Richard Childress, Hall of Famer. You've driven for JGR, Joe Gibbs, Hall of Famer. What's it like? being able to say to yourself i drove for two hall of fame racers like that's that's insane not a lot of people can say that at your age moreover no it's it's unbelievable man I, both, both companies are, are are really really fun um i love it at jgr i love coach um you know there's there's not many if any i think he's the only one to do the you know nfl and nascar there so um it's impressive uh, we've, we've got really good cars here you go into xfinity shop and cup shop and you just look around there's banners you know, double stacked triple stacked all the way around the entire shop so it's, it's like man this is this is an organization that that wins and uh, they strive for it you know this is what they do so um it's uh, it's fun it's it's a really good time to race for these guys uh, and, and to get to know them and have a friendship with both of them rcr has those banners too so those that's a similarity between the two 
What are some other similarities and maybe differences between those two organizations that people might not see from the outside looking in? Yeah, it's it's tough, man. It's they're they're both ran very differently. Um, you know, Richard's a, a very back back you know back home country boy type guy. Loves to hunt. Uh, we really connected really well with that um, when I was there. And um, I I don't know. I feel like um, at JGR, it's tough to say, man. They're they're both family you know organ, organizations. You feel like you're you feel like you're a part of each one of them there. So um, I don't know. All in all, I I enjoy both of them. But uh, where we're at right now is, is a really good spot. How do you think you've adjusted to the Toyota Supra? Super is different from the Camry for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a little bit more of a rounded nose on it. When you get to start pushing, like at Daytona and Talladega, you can kind of see guys get more squirrely when you push them. I think mm-hmm. the nose is just not as much contact there. Um, I've also also noticed that the Supra's hood kind of falls off more in the front, mm-hmm. um, so you can't really see the fenders as well as you could the Camry. Um, so those are kind of the two major differences I've noticed. I gotta say I've come around because when Toyota announced that they're going to the Supra, I saw it and I was like, this thing's ne- this thing looks <laughs> terrible. It looks like a bug, but I'm coming around. I, it kind of looks badass now. I feel like it's looking really good. Um, it, it looks kind of weird sitting in the shop with no decals, um, but when they slap <laughs> the decals on it, it, it comes alive pretty good. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Um, so I want to close with this. You know, there's there's always a lot of noise from fans, media, what have you. But noise is noise, right? That's the outside. You you are in it. You are living it. And there's been a lot of noise surrounding you and you being in this top top notch equipment, not winning races week in and week out. But I'm curious as to what your expectations are for yourself because it's one thing for a lot of people to put it on you, not knowing you. It's another thing for you internally to say this is what I know I'm capable of. This is what I'm doing. So. What are those for yourself? Yeah, I, uh, you know, it, it's so tough, man, to drive these cars. Um, I, I think people, real, you know, forget the fact that what all goes into one of these things on the track. Um, but, but my goal is to is to win a race, and I want to try to make Final Four. Uh, that's that's my, my biggest deal if we make Final Four. Um, like you said, you know, we're going to make a lot of noise. We're going to be the underdogs in this, even though that we're in uh, really good equipment. Um, we're still going to be the underdog, I feel like, because no one talks about us right now. So um, we're, we're starting to get it, though. We're starting to get built up. The reputation's coming. Um, those finishes, being being up front like we are every single week, um, you'll start kind of noticing, I feel like, more people here and there talking. So um, we're going to try to win a race. That's what we're doing right now. And after we do that, um, we're going to go try to get to that Final Four. Focused on the here and the now. I like it. Brandon, thanks for the time, man. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. There you have it. Hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Xfinity Series regular Brandon Jones. I know I did. I think he did. So hopefully you did too. Let's look ahead to Indianapolis Motor Speedway. That's right. The Brickyard, one of the most famous racetracks in all of racing worldwide to countryside. The Big Machine Vodka 400 at the Brickyard powered by Florida Georgia Line. That's the official name for this race. I'm just going to call it the Brickyard 400. However, that race name is not as bad as the... You know, I got to say it. The Monaco Gateway. See, I, I forgot it because it was like two, three weeks ago. I think I remember it. The Monaco Cocktails Gateway Classic 125 presented by the West Coast Stock Car Hall of Fame at Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway. That one, I think, takes the cake. The Xfinity Series will be there along with the Cup Series, guys. The new Aero package is going to be used for the Xfinity Series. I shouldn't say new, but it's a differing one that they use at IMS, and it produces some really, really good racing. We had like a one-lap stretch last year um, to end the first stage, I believe, and it was some of the craziest racing I have ever seen in my life. I remember exactly where I was, too, since the race was earlier on in the year last year. I was leaving synagogue after Yom Kippur services, I think, and I pulled out my phone and I was like, holy bejesus, this finish is absurd. So 
If you guys are around Saturday afternoon, be sure to tune in to NBCSN and watch that Xfinity Series race. It's bound to be a doozy. Playoff battle, I teased it a little bit earlier. Clint Boyer is plus eight to the good. Daniel Suarez and Ryan Newman are tied for 16th. I think believe Suarez holds the tiebreaker right now, but how crazy is that? 25 races of beating and banging, finishing in the top five, finishing last, and after all of this, it comes down to zero points. That's crazy. I mean, you can't really script it like that. Plus, I think NASCAR is very happy about this because last year there was virtually no points battle at all heading into the regular season finale. But now we have one, so it should be a fun battle. Jimmy Johnson is minus 18 below the cut line. I think he pretty much needs to win to get in. The only way that he can maybe not win and get in is if he accumulates a lot of stage points in the first two and then finishes ahead of the guys that are in front of him right now in the point standings. But I think for the 48 team, Jimmy Johnson and Cliff Daniels, you got to go into that with a mindset of winning. Uh, If you don't, I think you could maybe get in your own way a little bit. So I think winning is the only way for Jimmy Johnson to get in. And unfortunately for 48 fans, I I just don't see him being able to do it. This is the last race of the regular season. Duh. Keselowski is the defending winner of this race. Kyle Busch is really good in Indianapolis. I'm picking him to sweep the weekend, win the Xfinity race, and the combos car. That was kind of an iconic paint scheme in the Xfinity series, and it hasn't been on track for like eight years or so. So I'm picking him to win the Xfinity race, and I'm picking him to also win the cup race on Sunday. There is always the possibility of a surprise winner when we go to Indianapolis. You had Casey Kane a couple years ago. You had Paul Menard on fuel mileage all those years back. So you can't count out Jimmy Johnson. You can't count out freaking Matt Benedetto. You can't count out freaking Corey LaJoy for go fast. They could pull off some strategy if they stay on the lead lap. And they could win this race and get into the playoffs. You you really never know. So that's why you got to tune in. That's why you got to watch the races, people. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to watching it. Uh, the racing there is always not great, but this aero package could make things a little more fun to watch. I hope for that. Regardless, I'll be watching. Uh, I do believe that Indianapolis needs to be on the NASCAR schedule. In what way? I don't know. That's not really up to me. But as long as they're race there, I'm going to be watching. Lug nuts of the week. Cue that mofo music. Cole Custer wins by default after Denny Hamlin fails post-race technical inspection in Saturday's Xfinity Series race. Let's hear from the winner. Yeah, I mean, it's a really strange feeling, you know, honestly. I mean, obviously, but it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's a way to win them. I mean, you don't want to win them. You don't want to win them that way, but it is what it is. We all play by the same rules. Um, was that the deciding factor? No. You know, I mean, uh, that's not going to, you know, the reason he won the race. But I think, uh, well, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, we came home with the, we get the points, we get the money, we get everything, we get the trophy, I guess. So, you know, it's uh, it's a way to win it. You know, we'll take it. And let's hear from Xfinity Series race director Wayne Auden as to what happened to the 18 of Denny Hamlin to fail post-race inspection. We took... Um six cars across the post-race inspection with the uh, nine car being a random car today uh, ninth finished ninth place so that I'll tell you what cars that we took across the top five and then uh, the random and the 18 car was uh, found to be low uh, post-race so uh, the double zero uh, automatically finished in second becomes the winner of the race 18 cars DQ'd 
Also got to give some due to Dale Earnhardt Jr., my colleague at NBC. Finished top five once Denny's DQ was official in his first and only race of the season, uh, I believe. Maybe he raced Richmond earlier this year. I forget. Maybe that was last year. It, it all kind of blends together. Anyways, he finished top five. Uh, it was really cool. The fan reaction was insane for him. I kind of wish that I was able to be there and cover it, but... I was watching on TV. It seemed like a really, really cool atmosphere for him. So, Junior, nice job out of you. You still got it. The BC39 took place this past weekend at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Some dirt racing. Kyle Larson had a hell of a finish to this race. It was him and two other drivers, and they were side by side by side going into turns three and four. They all made contact. A couple people rolled over. Kyle Larson did a spin, and then he just gassed it up and crossed the finish line. I was able to win. It was, it was pretty crazy. Kevin James is going to star in a NASCAR-themed Netflix series called The Crew. There was kind of a lot of back and forth whether or not this is a positive move, a negative move for NASCAR. I'll say this. I don't know if it's going to be good, but I'll watch it. So take that as it is. Penalties, you had Mike Wheeler, Greg Ives, Chad Knaus, and Chad Johnston. They are crew chiefs for Denny Hamlin, um, Alex Bowman. Jimmy Johnson and Kyle Larson, respectively. See, I just wrote their last names down. I didn't write their cars or anything, so I just had to do that from memory. Right, quick. They were all fined 10000 bucks for one loose, unsecured lug nut in post-race inspection at Darlington. And Jeff Mendering, crew chief for the 19 of Brandon Jones, he was also fined 5 k in the Xfinity Series for the same offense. 2019 Most Popular Driver Voting has opened. And with that, Chase Elliott is your 2019 most popular driver. Congratulations, Chase. Just kidding. Uh, but as Bubba Wallace said, the voting's open and it's closed. So it's a race for P2 there for all the cup guys and gals. I guess guys because there's no full-time gals in the cup series. And I don't think a gal has made a start since Danica retired. But that will hopefully change soon. That'll wrap things up for episode 27 of Victory Lane 2.0. A little shorter episode than usual, which I'm sure you guys like. I like it. Um, I just didn't really have time to do literally anything this week. Uh, Because Monday was Labor Day. I was traveling back from the beach. Tuesday, I drove down to Charlotte, North Carolina, Concord more specifically, and taped MRN's Coast to Coast on the Motor Racing Network, filling in for my fam Hannah Newhouse. Co-hosted that with Kyle Ricky. That was a lot of fun. Hopefully, you guys were able to listen to that and enjoy that. Then I drove back, and then I had work. uh, And then I worked on a really long story uh, for NASCAR Home Tracks on Sam Hunt owner of Sam Hunt Racing. He has a crazy, crazy story. I really encourage you guys to go read that on NASCARHomeTracks.com. It's also on my Twitter and my Facebook page. Here's the cliff notes. He grows up in the Netherlands, comes back to Virginia, gets a degree from VCU, wants to start up his own race team, develops a relationship with the late, great J.D. Gibbs, God rest his soul, starts up his own team, and now he is a team owner in the NASCAR K&M Pro Series East. Oh, by the way, he lived in a van for a year. A year living in a van! God, people will really go to the ends of the earth to get to do to do and live their dreams. It's pretty admirable, if I do say so myself. So, Sam, uh, if you're listening, doubt you are. Thank you for telling me your story. I hope I did it justice. That'll wrap things up for episode 27 of Victory Lane 2.0. Do me a favor, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. We are on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, everywhere podcasts are consumed. You will probably find this fine show as well. Peace and love, my homies. Thank you so much for listening. I will be at Myrtle Beach this weekend on vacation. Then I'm heading out to Las Vegas. May or may not 
take a trip down to Myrtle Beach Speedway for some late model twin races on Saturday night, as well as some other local divisions. We will have to see if we get there in time, but I'd love to. Really, really cool historic track. So until next time, thank you guys for listening. I'll talk to you guys next week.